unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? Nathan, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and we've got a special episode lined up for the listeners today, so I'm going to hand it over to you and enjoy and absorb as much as I can. Great. Well, we do, and I want to start out by saying something nobody would expect. As some viewers have noticed, I wear a pinky in the brain hat, and in the excellent cartoon where this comes from, when pinky, when the brain bonks Pinky on the head with a big hammer. It's just another event in the day. It's a cartoon. No harm, no foul. The action continues like nothing happened. Now, I'll get to, we'll get to why I bring this up very soon, but I think you're in for a jolt of a very different sort with our guest today, power copywriter Craig Dave Carble. Specializes in copy for e-commerce sites, and his copy has racked up an astonishing 33 million dollars in sales for clients over the last couple years. He's done this using a system he developed called Cash Fertorials, which is based on some carefully researched and tested neuroscience and persuasion material, state-of-the-art stuff that he'll share with us today. I should also mention, like Nathan and myself, he's a musician, and one thing sets him apart is he speaks Swedish, as does the world's current top songwriter, Max Martin. But what you will hear today now is in plain English, as plain as I can make it. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write, and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Okay, Craig, well, welcome, and thanks for being here. Thanks so much, David. Just thrilled. Thrilled to be talking with you here from the Tartan Ballroom. I have to apologize for the 60s uh, decor, but I refuse to change it. (laughs) I do understand that. Some things you get used to, and that's how you like to do. Now, as far as getting bonked on the head goes, I think there's an important story about you and a couple of dogs. You want to share it with us? Yeah, sure. So I can kind of credit the success that I've had to a very weird accident that happened October 27th, 2020. I was walking in the River Valley with my dog, Bob, who's a golden retriever, and we were jumped. <laughs> we were jumped by a, a raging, snarling pit bull. Knocked both Bob and I down the slope. I cracked my head on a log, was, was knocked out cold, and uh, spent some time in the hospital. Concussion diagnosis. Basically, I was told by my doctor, you know, zero screen time for you for the next three weeks, which, you know, as a, as a copywriter with a fully booked calendar is really a hard command to deal with, you know, being forced to shut the laptop and turn off the lights. And I was ready for this to be sort of a a bank, bank breaking event for me. And I had a couple choices. I could, you know, I could down daily uh, Advil smoothies, put on some thick shades and uh, try to write through the pain, but with a steady buffet of headaches and just really, really being unable to spend any amount of time in front of the screen, that wasn't going to work. So in front of me was was a choice, a feeling like maybe I need to log out of the copywriting game altogether and refund my clients and 
zero my cash flow and control alt delete all of my savings and um you know to avoid getting a reputation of being the copywriter with a broken brain so little did i know there was actually a third way and i'm thrilled to talk to you about that that actually enabled me to keep serving my clients in a way that was quick and efficient and uh didn't involve me being in front of the screen for nearly as much time so yeah i'm, I'm glad to say the headache the headaches are, are a lot better now they're gone wow. but it's taken eight nine ten months to get to this point so I, I guess if there are any children watching and they see a cartoon where somebody bonks someone else over the head with a hard mallet, the uh, uh -huh. thing is, kids, don't try this at home. It's, it's actually not really that much fun. So what was that third way that you came up with? And, and how did you get there? And what happened? Essentially, when it comes to e-commerce, before this happened, I was having a lot of success with my clients and, you know, had had a really good client to let me kind of push push the boundaries in terms of what's possible. And so my focus was, you know, basically on on, on three things, creating uh, e-commerce sales pages that attract eyeballs and tickle curiosity and, and obviously monetize the attention that they get. And part of that, part of why I was having so much success and I think we all want to know that we want to, you know, as, as copywriters, we're curious, you know, why is this succeeding or why is this failing? A lot of it was turning these plain Jane objects into plain Jane products into objects of desire. And just like I was trying to deal with screen fatigue, I think prospects that, that come to these pages are also dealing with decision fatigue and are looking for a way to, you know, we, we have to help them overcome this cognitive overload. Well, okay. Let me uh, slow you down a second and yeah, ask yeah. you about turning a plain Jane object into an object yeah. of desire. I mean, I guess that's what everybody wants to do. And with e-commerce, when, I don't know, someone's buying a toothbrush or a paper towel rack, or, I mean, I don't know. Could you give me an example? I mean, maybe maybe we can go through this later as to, you know, how you did it and what you yeah. used, but like, what would be a plain Jane object and what is its object of desire version look like? Sure. So uh, one recent challenge I had with a client was for a butter knife. Probably sounds like the most boring thing in the world, but I, uh, I was jolted awake by this idea of butter blunders. Like what mistakes can people make with, with butter knives? So, and here's the headline from it. You know, can we all agree that broken toast, injured fingers, and five other butter blunders can end now thanks to this weird knife that makes pancakes, waffles, muffins, and bread 10 times tastier in seconds. So what I did is I went through the five different mistakes that people make with butter knives. Weird, weird stuff, but it works. I can mention a couple of them. You know, one is hacking big blocks of butter and, and with a butcher knife, slipping and slicing your finger. Another one can be leaving frozen butter on the counter and forgetting about it and then running into it. The rancid remains three days later. Another butter blunder like dad murdered the muffins, right? When you stab sweet treats with, uh, with baked goods and baked goods with the wrong type of knife. So it's just, it's being able to, to look at something and often the reason that weird works and, and the reason why, you know, this, this sort of bizarreness effect works so well is because it, it uses surprise, shock value, and, and it differentiates the product very easily. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a little, because, you know, you're kind of, let's call them your doctrinaire or your, let's call them knee jerk, your knee jerk copywriter might put in a headline like the seven deadly butter mistakes most people make in their kitchen right like what 
right? That doesn't work. And I, I don't know, maybe Hammaker Schlemmer or maybe Jay Peterman might say something really lofty and poetic about a butter knife. Oh, butter knife, how doth thy edges spread the marmalade? I, I, don't, I really don't know. But you seem to have a, there's something really different about, it seems to me, I mean, maybe other people are doing it, but I've never seen it. And I instantly realized all of the muffins, crackers, and pieces of toast I destroyed when I was hearing you, and right. the list is long. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm interrupting your story, but I mean, because I, I want to hear how you developed all this, but I'd, I'd love for you to break this down just a little and, and explain why you're, because I can see why it works, but I can't quite understand your thought process. Or is the right. idea there, there is no thought process because your brain hurts too much? You know, breaking down the process was a challenge for me. This stuff comes pretty quickly to me, but you know, I think the idea is high contrast, high emotion copy because it's easier to remember. And and because prospects are bombarded by so many distractions, you know, getting into things and you know, saying things that's going to get them, it's going to get them to pay attention on the page. I kind of kind of liken it to almost to Tinder dating, right? Where you know, in a sense, it's uh, a short. <laughs> it's kind of like a short term dating focus, right? Where um, success on Tinder begins with the, with the profile and the decision, whether somebody's going to be interested in something is made in milliseconds, like attraction or rejection. And so, you know, on these pages, you also need photos that speak to what people are looking for. In many cases, when it comes to these products, impulse decisions, it's all about Mr. Right now and not necessarily Mr. Right. So the cash tour of the pages allows prospects to meet the product in person just like on a Tinder date, right? Does the picture look like, does a person in real life or the product in real life look like the picture? So we can do that by including smart packaging and product shots. Does the person on the Tinder date vibe with the person, right? In a bunch of different places. That's where use cases come in. Are they effortless to hang out with? So making sure that you, you're showing that the product is really easy to use. And one, one way that I do that is add some sort of colorful characters. My favorite one for this is the, you know, the clumsy brother-in-law who was able to install the light in seconds. So, of course, everybody who is buying a product online wants to avoid the walk of shame. And, uh, you know, will I respect myself in the morning? And that's where we add guarantees that reduce uncertainty, make it easier for prospects to say yes. Yeah, I don't think there are any guarantees on Tinder, though. Yeah, I know there are definitely not. <laughs> Most certainly. Yeah, for sure. Now, it's interesting. I, I don't know if this is an admission or a, a virtue signal, but I'm not real familiar with Tinder. If I were about 20 years younger, I probably would be. Um, but I do have a, a copywriter friend who shall remain nameless who um, got divorced. And that could be half my copywriter friend. So I'm, I'm not uh, necessarily <laughs> talking about anyone in particular. And was doing Tinder. He was killing it on Tinder. And, and he actually walked me through a lot of the stuff he was doing. And I thought, man, this, this guy's dangerous. But he was having a good time. Apparently, the women were too. So that's interesting. I want to take a moment to point out how vitally important headlines are in copy. As you may already know, the strength of your headline accounts for up to 80 or even 90% of the effectiveness of your ad. Think about that. What if there were a way to shortcut the headline writing process and start a new headline based on a proven winner? Well, there is. It's all in my book called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. This book is available now on Amazon.com. 
advertising headlines that make you rich. What's unique about this book is it shows you exactly how to adapt a proven winner to your product or service because I show you 10 adaptations for each headline in different niches and explain the psychology of how to adapt a headline. Advertising headlines that make you rich in hard copy and Kindle formats on Amazon. Now, back to our show. One thing that's interesting about the hero images inside of a Tinder profile, we think about it as a product online, is it's not just the image itself, it's what it says about the person or the product. So, you know, one thing you can do is put these interesting objects in the background, kind of call it the law of embedded effects that speak to some other desirable things that people want. So you're going to get the Tinder picture of the guy on the beach. I don't know, these are horrible, but the shirtless guy with with the tropical background tells you something about how much in shape he is, but also what his lifestyle is like. So, you know, if you if you think back to the TV commercials with cleaning products, it's always a sparkling modern brand new kitchen in the background, isn't it? And the kids yeah. are so well behaved. The kids are amazingly well behaved. So we can do that inside of a inside of cash tutorials as well. So it's it's almost like the floor wax makes your kids behave better, isn't yeah. it? Bizarre. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's interesting. So as you're talking about this, and just to be disclosing or, or transparent with everyone, Dave and I have emailed and, and texted back and forth a lot about this, but this is the first time we've actually talked. I'm starting to get the idea that you're definitely using direct response methods, but you're also borrowing very strategically and very judiciously from brand advertising or mainstream institutional advertising in, in, in order to enhance this, especially because we're in the Facebook, iPhone, iPad, mm-hmm. Tinder, Instagram age. Is, is that a fair assessment? I think the other thing too is that because, you know, people make decisions based on reviews today so much. And, you know, over 70% of Americans look at product reviews before they make a purchase. 80, uh, 92% uh, will base their decisions based, uh, from recommendations on people they know and they trust recommendations. So um, what you can do inside of these sales pages is create the feeling of being known, intimacy. And, and one way that I do that is through the reviewer, him or herself, being a little bit snarky, pretty particular, but then also, you know, pulling in the reader and saying, hey, I've got a confession to make, you know, lean in close. I've got something I need to share with you. And, and that comes from uh, a lot of that comes from the subliminal anchors that uh, Robert Cialdini teaches in Persuasion, right? The law of self-disclosure. So we can include these, uh, I like to call them like confessional cookie trails that, um, that bring back the reader in, into a position of trust. You know, the adage that we somehow have to date our customers and expose them to 22 advertisements and chase them around the internet like a crazy clown, when actually within a sentence, we can create this intimacy. So it is appealing to how they make their decisions and then speaking to them in a way that that builds trust quickly. Yeah. So let's just talk about the, what do you call it, the law of personal disclosure? Is that what it's called? Yeah, self-disclosure. Mm-hmm. Disclosure. Okay, thanks. So with the butter knife or with some other example, what does that look like? How do you, I mean, how do you make a confession about a butter knife? So you can do it like this. I try to imagine the reviewer as, you know, their life, they get so many packages sent to them to the re- to review. It's almost a hassle. So one line I use is, hey, listen, I don't hand out five-star reviews like candy. My garage is absolutely stuffed with kitchen gadgets. So when I tripped on yet another box and almost snapped my ankle, 
I was this close to throwing this product out until I read this big, bold claim, right? We immediately show that this person is picky. We can show that they're picky and then pivot immediately and say, well, if you want to find out why a star stingy reviewer like me was absolutely thrilled with this knife, then keep reading. We need to create curiosity and get people reading. Too many advertorials right now are just like, hey, I found this incredible laundry gadget and now my kids are behaving really well. (laughs) (laughs) Not only floor wax, but laundry gadgets. So, okay, that's interesting. And when I think of self-disclosure, I don't know, I I, I tend to think of maybe more more intimate stuff or, you know, more private stuff, but doesn't have to be. It's really about the person's life. It's something about their life that you normally wouldn't hear. And the the fact that a reviewer has a garage full of things to review and and tripped over something and nearly snapped his ankle, that's self-disclosure too. That's interesting. It's a new way to look at it. Yeah, let me expand on that. So the person sees the shocking claim on front and says, you know, with a headline like that, I had to look in the box. Now keep this on the down low. But the other reason I'm reviewing this gadget is because I'm addicted to butter. Okay, I'm hooked. It makes any dish we serve addictively delicious. So I'm not going to let a bunch of... (laughs) And here's where I create an enemy. I call it Big Butter, right? Big Butter wants to stop you, you know, from getting this. So I'm not going to let a bunch of bullies stop me from buttering my toast any way I please. And so the... yeah. So to continue there, the reviewer says, you know, I got to admit, I've got a confession. I've got a weakness right now and and it's butter. I love it. And then they talk about the problem that they experience. And so, you know, frozen blocks of butter is not the biggest problem in people's lives, but it certainly can cause, it's our obligation. I think it's my obligation to show how this can actually be a real hassle and a real pain in their lives. This is so interesting because you're, you're using your imagination. You're just looking at it from a different point of view. Nathan, I know you've been observing, but is this sparking any questions in you? Because I, I know you, you think a lot about these things yourself. Yes, no? I think a lot about butter. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really? You know, I, the one thing that came up for me was just recently when you said you created Big Butter, this enemy for your prospective reader to throw rocks at. I do run into sometimes when I'm writing a piece, I know that it's important to have an enemy, to have somebody that you're standing side by side with your reader so that they feel like you're an ally for them. That was a creative way. Most people would be like, these butter people are making your life miserable, but you were just like, yeah, these butter people are kind of restricting your ability to do butter the way that you want to do it. And I thought that was kind of a creative way to go about the creating a villain. Yeah. Well, the idea here too, is that if you, you know, these big blocks of butter, if if people don't use them in their fridge, then they just get thrown out. So maybe there's someone that's interested in, in, in you buying butter and Think about it. You know, I've probably got two or three in the back of my fridge right now that are going to get tossed. And then inevitably I'll go to the grocery store and buy some more and shove it in the back of the, shove it in the back of the fridge. So, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the butter knife is the tool that enables them to make the most out of the, the dairy products in their fridge. But we can also play into stuff like status. And some of the marketing that I've seen for products like this is there's a restaurant owner who had these knives and people continue to steal them. We can have a story where the guests at this dinner actually steal the, steal the butter knives as well. And so, you know, status and showing how something is popular, showing it, right? Rather than just saying that it's, I don't know, it's the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's room for creativity for sure. Yeah. I know one of the things you talk about is product transformation. Is, is that what you've been talking about or is that something different? Yes, I, w- I, I would say there's, there's a connection to product transformation. Could you explain it? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, just taking a sort of a plain Jane product and turning it into an object of desire that people would really want because it solves a problem in their lives. So one thing that I like to do is speak to sort of jealous neighbors. So I'll give you an example here. Here's a headline for a, this is a light that's actually shaped like an owl. It's an outdoor light. So one of the headlines I used was 287 wows and three standing ovations later, and friends and neighbors will still be raving about your retro-style owl solar stake light. So I built a deck last year, and I was lying on the deck, and it's my first deck, <laughs> you know, that, that I built. And I, I, I listened to two or three or four people walk by and stop and talk about the deck. I was like, okay, I get it. I get it that so many of the reasons why people buy things is, is so it can boost their status. I see. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, this varies person to person, but as copywriters, we are necessarily not like most people because we're the ones who stand apart and, and look at most people and say, hmm, I need to get into their head. So maybe the kind of status we're looking for is, is different than a drive-by compliment, you know, that, that somebody <laughs> might give for a deck. But I love the way you observe things. And even in um, real life, you're thinking not as yourself, but as, hmm, how are, how are other people reacting to this? How are other people doing this? Yeah. So we've got to wrap up and I'd, I'd love for you to come back next week and maybe walk us through one of your clients' promotions. But before you go, you have something, you have a course that you offer, I think even a free course on cash tutorials. Could you talk about that? Sure. Yeah. So I've got a free workshop that I've got live online. It's an on-demand workshop where I reveal the $33 million secret. I say $33 million because that's what my cash tutorials have helped my e-com clients make in the last 18 months. And uh, really reveals the secret to writing this best-selling kind of snarky sales copy, uh, how to do it quickly, and then how to translate that and take it to attract you know cash flush dream clients, the ones that pay top dollar. So you know basically during this free training, I'll show anyone who goes to it and you can find it at cashfutorials.com. Just type that right into your browser. You can sign up and watch this immediately and learn how to pump out these profit exploding sales pages. The ultimate goal here is to get, you know, top dollar clients to say, yes, how do we start working together right now? And to do that, you need to have the ability, if you want to add more clients to your calendar, you need to have the ability to create these kind of pages fast and in a way to, to get your dream clients to say yes. So that's what I cover in the workshop. So that's cashvertorials.com. Cashvertorials, like advertorials, C-A-S-H-V-E-R-T-O-R-I-A-L-S, cashvertorials.com. Yeah, and we'll put a link in the show notes too so people can find it. Why don't we wrap up and uh, please come back next week and, and uh, sure. we can take a deep dive into one of your clients and and hear all of the self-disclosures that you'd care to make. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. And if you, the listener, want to access the show notes pages, you can do that over at copywriterspodcast.com. And until next time, we will catch you later. See you later. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com 
and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast. This show was brought to you by the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.